grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. and it's a set of three, and as been our practice, um, every year we have a stewardship emphasis once a month for the first part of the year, and and so this is our first Stewardship Sunday. Uh, The emphasis here for this series is that we are stewards of faith, so pass it on. And the parts are in your family, in your church, and in the world. And we first hear the beautiful words of Moses in Deuteronomy, concerning the teaching of the family. Our first lesson is also the basis for our sermon this morning, taken from Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Moses spoke as follows, Now this is the body of commands, and these are the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, so you may carry them out in the land to which you are crossing over to receive as a possession, so that you may fear the Lord your God by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I am commanding to you, as well as to your children and grandchildren all the days of your life, so that your days may be long. Listen, O Israel, and be conscious about doing those things so that it may go well for you, and so that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words that I'm commanding you today are to be on your heart. Teach them diligently to your children and speak about them when you sit in the house and when you walk on the road and when you lie down when you get up. Tie them as a sign on your wrists and they will serve as symbols on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, beginning at the 12th verse. Therefore, as God's elect, holy and loved, clothe yourself with heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive each other if anyone has a complaint against anyone else. Forgive just as Christ forgave you. And in addition to all these things, put on love, which ties things together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ control your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And everything you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not treat them harshly. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing in the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children so that they do not become discouraged. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, beginning at the 31st verse. Then his mother and his brothers arrived while they were standing outside. They sent word to Jesus, calling for him. A crowd was sitting around him. They began to tell him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. He replied, who are my mother and my brothers? He looked at those who sat around him in a circle and he said, Look, my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. I share with you the reading of these words once again. Moses spoke as follows. Now this is the body of commands, and, and these are the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, so that you may carry them out in the land to which you are crossing over to receive as a possession, so that you may fear the Lord your God by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I am commanding to you as well as to your children and grandchildren all the days of your life, and so that your days may be long. Listen, O Israel, and be conscientious about doing those things, so that it may go well for you, and so that you may increase greatly in a land loving, flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words that I'm commanding you today are to be on your hearts. Teach them diligently to your children and speak about them when you sit in your houses and when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a sign on your wrists and they will serve as symbols on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, is there really a good way to die? I was always told uh, when I was a little on, and I would hear this from several sources that people say, yeah, when I die, a good way to die is I'm going to die in my sleep. I'm not going to be suffering and the Lord's going to take me and I'm not going to be awake and aware. Yeah, that's a good way to die. Die in your sleep. And I always thought that. I believe that. I heard that. And so if someone died in their sleep, yeah, they had a good way to die. And then I met a gentleman early in my ministry. It was probably maybe the second year in my ministry. And he had stomach cancer. And it was very, very painful type cancer. 
and he smelled so bad, and he couldn't keep anything down. And he was so thin and so pale looking. His organs were just beginning to fail one after the other. Death was definitely soon at hand. And he had been like this for actually several weeks. So I thought to myself, this is not a guy who's simply dying in his sleep. This is a man who's suffering terribly. It caused me to ask the question, is how do you feel right now? How do you feel about God, that is? I, would you be angry with God? Because God is letting you suffer. And this can't be a good way to die. And then the gentleman said to me that I am thankful that the Lord didn't take me right away. But why? Why would you even think that? Because he said, I had an opportunity to speak to my family one by one. And I had a chance to say goodbye and to share Christ with them one more time. From that day on, I realized there is no such thing as a good way to die. That the only, that the only way to face death is certainly looking to our Lord God. And, and, and with a believing heart in our Lord Jesus who paid for our sins and won for us the hope of everlasting life. To take to heart those beautiful words of Jesus, that I am the resurrection and the life, that he who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And so no matter how the Lord decides that we leave this life, whether it's in our sleep or maybe even facing physical pain, maybe even in the light of suffering, that God is going to use this for good, maybe for me to be a witness to others, maybe someone to be a witness to me, but God is going to use it for good, and only in the hands of the Lord can I face death. But what do you say? If you had an opportunity to say goodbye to your family, what would you want to make sure to tell them? What do you want them to take to heart and, and, and really apply to their lives? Do you come up with maybe some cute little saying, maybe a quote Shakespeare? Or, or do you come up with something you heard someone say that, that maybe is kind of cute? That's not what Moses did. Moses and the Israelites, they're encamped about east of, several miles east of the Jordan. They're camped there because soon they're going to be crossing the Jordan into the land of Canaan that God promised their forefathers and had promised them. They had been wandering in the desert for 40 years now, and now is the time to take the land. But the Lord decided that Moses would not be the leader in taking them into this land of Canaan that they would conquer and make as their own. In fact, the Bible tells us that God's going to give them this as a possession. So the Lord gets all the credit. The new leader is going to be Joshua. In fact, Moses is going to die before they cross the River Jordan. And it will be the Lord who will actually bury Moses. And before he dies, 
before the people cross in to the land of Canaan, Moses does have some parting words. It's the entire book of Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, he reviews with them the history of when they left Egypt and how they've been wandering in the desert for 40 years, all under the Lord's guiding hand. He wants this history to be taught and, and to be taken to heart so that generations to come will know all that these people went through as now the Lord is going to give them Canaan. But he didn't stop there. He started reviewing the Old Covenant. He started giving them and reviewing with them all the laws that were given at Mount Sinai. In fact, the chapter right before our text, he actually is reviewing the Ten Commandments with them, which is a summary of God's moral law. And then comes these words, which are clearly at the heart of his entire message. It sums it up perfectly. He says, now this is the body of commands, and these are the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. Now obviously, if he's speaking of commands and statutes and ordinances, he's not just talking about the Ten Commandments. He's talking about the whole Mosaic Law. And the Mosaic Law was actually made up of three parts. There were some laws that were known as the civil laws because they had a theocracy, a government run by God. These were laws that would govern these people with God as their head. And then there were the ceremonial laws. These were the worship laws. These were the festival laws. These were the sacrifice laws. And then there was the moral law. And the moral law was actually God's law for all people of all times. And the summary of it, again, being the Ten Commandments. I say the moral law for all people for all times because the civil law actually came to an end when Israel went under a monarchy. And then the ceremonial law ended when Jesus fulfilled all those laws with offering himself on the cross for the sins of the world. We no longer live under those sacrifice laws because Jesus is the fulfillment of it. And therefore, I have to say that these laws weren't just simply laws of do's and don'ts, but these were God's teachings. The laws, like the sacrifices, all of those sacrifices which would forgive the person their sins, the power, the, the, the purpose of all those animal sacrifices, pointed to the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus would make for the, for the sins of the world once and for all. So there was gospel in these laws. So what Moses was teaching them was not just the do's and don'ts, but also what God has done for them. And especially knowing that the Savior would come and would win for them eternal salvation. This is what they heard, and this is what Moses was teaching. But to understand these holy commands and statutes and ordinances, 
you have to understand one thing. And if you don't get this right, you'll never be able to understand the following of these commands. And that is simply, these commands are God's commands. Not my commands to do with whatever I want. Not my commands to use as a club in order to control others. But these are God's holy commands. And they are clearly commands of perfect love. And who is that God? The Lord is your God, Moses says. Hear, O Israel, not letting the sound go in one ear and out the other. No, you listen to this and obey it and take it to heart. This is the glorious truth that must always be before you, that the Lord is our God. This is the Lord who is the great I am. This is the one who revealed himself at that burning bush. In fact, this is the one who actually said this when Moses was given the second set of tablets of the Ten Commandments. The first set had been destroyed, and that was in connection with the golden calf. Concerning the second set, God said this, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and overflowing with mercy and truth, maintaining mercy for thousands, forgiving guilt and rebellion and sin. He will not, he will by no means clear the guilty. He calls their children and their children's children to account for the guilt of the fathers even to the third and fourth generations. This is a God who hates sin. This is a God who will punish sin. And the punishment of sin is death. But this is the God who is a merciful God and whose love is greater than his hate. And therefore, when we hear the word Lord, think of the term Savior God. And this is the God who is ours. That personal pronoun, reminds us that he belongs to us, we belong to him. So love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind, with a, with a heart which is the seed of your emotions. Love him there. Love him with your soul, which, which affects the, the function of our mind and understanding. But love him with your might. This is your actions. This is the movement of your muscles. And he doesn't just simply say, love him with heart, soul, and might. He says, love him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and strength. Every part, even of our inmost being, is loving the Lord. But loving the Lord is not just saying, I love you. Loving the Lord is living and living that love. And the Lord gives us an opportunity to live that love by obeying his commands and taking to heart his promises. Yes, the Apostle Paul writes, these commands, these words that I'm commanding you today are to be on your heart. There are several medicines and there's even, well, cleansers. If you've ever looked at anything with chemicals, 
They'll stay for external use only. And hearing that this is external use only, this is not something you're supposed to drink. Now when it comes to the Lord, if we serve him just with external use only, if we serve him just going through mere lip service and just going through the actions, then we are not loving God and we are certainly not obeying his commands. That's pure hypocrisy. Loving the Lord is with a loving heart and a repentant heart and a humble heart and a heart that takes to heart. That there's nothing greater in all the world than the Lord's teachings and his holy will, who truly wants all to be saved. My dear friends, have you ever walked into a store and find yourself awed by all the different selections? When we walk in the store now, we probably even ignore them because we just go for the one item we're really looking for. You ever, you ever look at the toothpaste aisle? You got Colgate, you got Crest, you got Sensodyne, and that's just to name a few. But when it comes to worshiping the Lord and taking to heart his holy commands, there is no choice. Keep in mind that Israel had left Egypt with all their many gods. Now they're going into Canaan, who has all these different gods. And the Lord tells them, I'm the one. His commands is what matters. is because he is the one. In fact, he is the only one. There is no choice to reject the one true God in unbelief means that you have no God because there is no other God. So love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your might and with, and with all your soul. And when it comes to loving him and obeying him, one way to do that is by teaching. The Lord commanded Moses to teach, to teach these people these holy commands. Not to assume that they're born knowing it and they simply get it, but to teach them because they need to hear this and to know this. And not only to teach them, but for them to teach their children and to teach their children to teach their children and to teach from one generation to the next. He even gives two beautiful reasons why it is so important to teach these commands. First and foremost, so that you may fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord sums up beautifully that law and gospel. Yes, we fear the Lord under the law that shows us our sins. We're actually afraid of God and his condemnation and his hatred for sin. But we also fear him in the sense of being afraid of hurting him being afraid of disappointing him because we love him knowing that he first loved us. So it was with that kind of fear to follow these holy commands, not as a way to earn heaven, but out of love for the one who by his grace won for us heaven. And also obey these commands that it may go well with you, that you may live long, and that you may multiply in this land. 
when we follow God's holy commands, God blesses us. When we follow his statements of holy love, don't be surprised when you find peace and joy in life. Again, not because you're earning heaven or somehow God owes you, but following his commands is following them with pure joy. No matter what happens, we know we have a God who works out all things for good. And we know that the long life is not simply going to be here on earth, but the long life of knowing him and being with him in heaven, which is forever. Yes, the Lord blesses us when we follow his holy commands. So teach your children so that they too may be dearly blessed. The word teach here in the Hebrew actually is literally the word sharpen. It's a word used to sharpen a sword or to sharpen an arrow. So sharpen your children. Sharpen their understanding. One, what one translation actually uses instead of teaching, uses the word impress, which reminded me right away that why is it important to teach our children and impress on our children God's holy word is because they are so impressionable. This whole philosophy that, well, I'll let the children decide when they grow up and they can choose whatever they want is, is completely idiocy. It's foolishness. It's ridiculous. My children are not or knowing everything, they have to be taught right from wrong. And above all, they need to be taught about Jesus, their Savior. They're not born knowing this. And so teach your children, because if you don't teach them, guess who will? Satan would love to teach them and tell them what he thinks is right which we know is completely wrong. So teach them. And as Moses put it, when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, you teach them 24-7. We're teaching them not only with the use of our lips and what we say to them, but we're teaching them because they're always watching our, our actions. Talk the talk, walk the walk, always giving glory to the Lord. In fact, he says here, tie them as a sign on your wrists, and they will serve as symbols on your forehead. Some people take this very literally. They, they actually, there is people who actually have a little string, and there's a little box, and inside the box are actually these very words, and they'll put other little passages inside of them. So they literally tie them on their wrists. They'll actually literally tie them on their foreheads. And you could say, well, we apply it literally when maybe we wear a cross, reminding us who we belong to and reminding others who's important. And what matters is the cross of Christ. Maybe we even have religious words up at our house and, and, and throughout our house always reminding us of God and his holy word. But I take these words in a more figurative way. Tying them on the wrist, that means the very word of God is guiding you in everything you do with your hands. We create. 
We use these hands to work. We use these hands to love. We even use our hands to show affection to another. What's always guiding it is God's holy word. Those two main teachings of law and gospel. Binding them on your forehead, all of our thinking is wrapped around always God's word. What we think is funny, what we think is not funny, what we think is serious, what we take to heart, how we apply ourselves, how we treat another. God's word is guiding every aspect of our thinking, our knowledge, and our mind. Oh, he says here, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That the very word of God is what matters within that house. And it is the word of God that is applied when a husband and wife love each other. It is the word of God that's applied when they raise their children and bring them up in the way of the Lord. As they teach them right from wrong. And let them be written on the gates so as you leave your house and you go out into the world, it is God's word that guides you. Therefore, my dear friends, even though Moses didn't say this, it's, it's rather obvious. You don't even have to be a rocket scientist to figure this one out. That if all these words are to be applied as I live every moment of my life and as I teach my children with the prayer that they teach their children and their children teach their children, then you have to know this word. You have to take to heart this word. We cannot guess when it comes to God's word and follow what we think it says or what we feel it should say. Read the word. Study the word. Wrestle with that word. But above all, take to heart that word and holy will of God. As believers in Christ, you are stewards. You are servants. Stewards of the faith who use one's talents and abilities, but as well as even one's time and treasures even one's possessions and money, we use them all to God's glory, and we certainly give glory to God. When we teach our children, amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.